G'day everyone and welcome back to the next episode of the Voice of a Veteran podcast. My name is Heston Russell and I'm here with my co-host, Scotty Evanett. The man himself and this time, Scotty, it is going to be an authenticity ambush, mate. You have been through a lot, you know, I have had a lot going on in a very visual way, but behind the scenes, mate, in in probably the hardest way, you've had to go through a lot, mate. You know, you've, you've been taken out of action. Yeah, but I've, hey, I haven't been taken out of action, and we're gonna—you're not gonna talk. I'm gonna get this all out first. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I really want to dive into a lot of what you've been going through at a, at, a, at a personal and emotional level. And I haven't prepared Scotty with any notes prior to this one. He doesn't know what I'm gonna ask him. So, we are looking forward to this. This is where it's all about, mate. Tell us, what, what's what's happened, Scotty? Tell, talk, tell me about your injury, mate. Well, I think just going off your eyes, moving back down towards my leg, <laughs> you're talking about this, um, this key injury. And I think it's so important for everyone, but it's important for myself because it's attached to my identity, yeah. right? I, I hold myself in, you know, in the fitness and health world. It is something I do on a daily basis. I help people get to that point, coach them through physical and mental health. So being taken out of the action, not being able to demonstrate, not being able to move forward in my own business because I still required to create social media content, marketing, you know, building an app in the back end that needs all of my fitness videos, for example, all that's had to come to a halt. Yeah. Um, so can we talk about, are we allowed to talk about what you were doing when it happened? Not in, not in detail, but I okay. can definitely say that um, we were on set filming for a television yeah. show that's coming out early next year. So, so to help set the picture, you know, Scotty Evident, the man himself, from Ninja Warrior through to just looking ridiculous in shirtless photos and everything else in between, you are a huge part of your identity, even, even within the military, mate, has been your fitness. I remember seeing you again taking over uh, on that rotation from 17 to 18 in Afghanistan 2012. You were a bloody – you were as wide as you were tall, and I mean – that, that's that's saying something. Yeah, that's, um, that's not hard. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't can identify where the chest finished and the body armor started. It was good to go. But uh, you know, you've always been this hyper fit person. Not just talking aesthetic fitness. From you know doing your your flag poles on the on well, performance based. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. You know gymnastics and uh, you know we've we've seen that and and you were actually you know on set as a part of a new TV show, which we're not allowed to talk about any anything more than that. But you know you were you were selected oh, yeah. to be one of the one of the star players, not a challenger, but one of the one of the staff. And then all of a sudden, you know, during Dang. during one of those sessions, the old ruptured patella tendon. That's it. That's I would like to say very quickly, it happens to the very best of us. Does, but you managed to do it in the most spectacular of ways. And I'm hoping I'm hoping that I can get mine done um, a bit faster than you, considering you had multiple goes <laughs> at that operation. However, you know, mine was mine was at a time where I was uh, actually adjutant at uh, I was adjutant at uh, to commando and you know it was actually a very fortunate time i'd suffered with ongoing patella problem for a long time and mine finally ruptured yeah, there we go patella problem so it was a yep. tendonitis because that's how mine yeah. came to be and after talking to the surgeon you know it's it's all here or there it depends on d different professionals will tell you that tendonitis can't be healed or it it's Mate. it's just a it, it, that it may not ever have the structure that it once did that it goes through a process in which it once it becomes tender and tendonitis yeah. that those tissues fibers they just don't get back to what they ever were yeah that's it see mine thickened I had everything from heart attack patches through to needling through to PRP and everything in between but again mine was during a time where I had the rest of the year it happened in March I had the rest of the year to recover and get well and yeah. it was the perfect time to do it dare I say if I planned it myself mine was you not. were 
in your prime. You were yeah. filming this new thing. You were at you were physically, ladies and gentlemen. He was at quite the performance level because he was ready for the show. We were launching Voice of a Veteran. Yep. You're doing your stuff with Camo Culture, the app. You, your life was full. Absolutely, this is the last fun. thing you needed. I need. I do need a full life in order to find out my true purpose so it is helping people um we'll get on that later you want to talk about the injury itself i was peaking when it hit you what happened you know what i did so i was i was on set we had to stay on set so we're there for the month and when i did my injury um i had to they had to carry me off you know one under each arm and i had to signal to the cameras and said that that's me that's gone because i knew the feeling once that i'd i'd done it to my elbow before so after ninja warrior season one i ruptured my long head of the tricep became off and went up there and i had it surgically reattached and it's better than my other arm it's like the bionic arm versus my other arm oh, nice. so i'd gone through that but the process what i'm getting at is i knew the feeling of when something lets go like a rupture yeah and it retracted up my arm in this Ugh. one this one retracted my patella my kneecap yep. Yep. moved you had a full rupture mine was 98 percent of the way but it had moved who's counting en- there was enough tear yep. there that i felt it anyway so i felt this you know shrivel up my knee yeah and then I what was, was that immediate thought in your head that's me done. Yep. Done? Uh, over. Done. Tapping out? Yeah. Well, that's like, I cannot. So I was folded over an, uh, a, an obstacle. Yeah. All right. I was folded over and I just had to say, hey, that's me. Carry me it, off. Did it hurt physically? No. That's the funny thing. No, you know? no, yeah. No. I even had a joke immediately after with the particular person that I was, you know, mm-hmm. uh, out there with and was mucking around with them. I couldn't go anywhere, but I was like, hey, you know, reaching at him and doing some funny things. So I had enough in me to be humorous, not just not in pain, but just like it's it, whatever, right? It's a, it's a, the quick interesting part about, yeah, tendons is that, you know, I remember mine, mine popped up in, onto my quad and I was like, it doesn't actually hurt, but something's definitely not right. And it's more so than that mental part for guys like us where it's like, okay, crap, I'm going to be out for a while now. Well, firstly, to get there in the first place, to be out there where I was, um, it, I may have been in shape physically because I always try and keep myself physically shaped, but I wasn't conditioned to this particular sport not the movement patterns required or anything like that. All right. right? Interesting. Because if you start doing impact work and you haven't been doing impact work, if you start doing explosive and you're not used to doing explosive, doesn't matter how strong you are sometimes or how physically fit in the, in the form of cardiovascular or you, you can do damage. Yep. Absolutely. And that's where I wasn't conditioned to a new sport, new movement. Right. So I had tendonitis uh, in the first week of filming and it was more about, Scotty, can you go on? Can you push through? Can you do whatever? And at this stage, no one else had any niggling injuries. So I was kind of like the first person to start getting niggles. And I went, you beauty, I'm, I'm in. Don't worry about it. Like, I'll go. Yeah. You know, wrap it up, push it aside and go. And it, it went. Bang. Jeez. I'm, as, I, as I talk to you here, we're talking about going from high performance to low performance physically. Yeah. We're talking about putting off injuries to not impact on operational capability. We're putting oh, on, yeah. you know, mindset over um, physicality. This, it's, you know, Mate, it we'll, was a, we'll keep going. We'll absolutely. keep going. And I, it was a double for me because pr- pri- um, previously to military life, I was a professional soccer player. So I went over to England and Wales. So my childhood was soccer and gymnastics at a high level. So I knew what it was it was to not be on the bench. Yeah. My mentality was already switched like that all the way up until I was 18, joined the army and then did the army for eight years, same, same. So yes, it was the exact same gotcha. cookie cutter response that yeah, right. you would do in a sports or high performing job. Got it. 
So out I went, out onto the battlefield, busted, broke. Um, and then it was immediately, you know, okay, my questions were, okay, I've got an intel gather on this particular injury that I have. I need to write myself up for, like, how long am I going to Scotty was, injured for? He was on the messages the same day. I'm like, what did it feel like? I was like, oh, getting some deja that's, vu here. Next thing, it. as opposed to wanting sympathy, he's like, right, what do I do here? What do I do there? Yeah. It's, you know. Who's done it? Who's pathfinded the way for me? Who's done it to the best of their ability? Who's beaten the odds? You know, what are the, what are the typical, you know, um, recovery times what are the you know every little detail that i need that was all happening in within hours researching i like that research intelligence preparation of the battle space exactly. perhaps love it whilst i was being zoomed to hospital to get x-rays firstly just to um to you know um, was it again better understand just what was to going rule on? yeah just yeah. to rule out bones and, oh, got it. and okay. then it was mris um mri oh my god i got to tell you this story about the mri so i went there i'm in a um straight leg brace something that would you'd get if you broke your entire leg so it's like a long black velcro you know, yep. and um i had that on my leg and then i've gone to get this mri both the mri and the person doing my x-rays did this to me when you um, bust your patella tendon guys you do not want to bend your knee yes. at all okay your patella your quad quads turned into quads tendon that same tendon that wraps around your patella is your patella tendon and it goes down your shin mm -hmm. right when you tear that that is your bending mechanism right so i've gone to get x-rays and what did she do she put a wedge under my knee oh. right and she, she had a hold of my ankle right and then it was her duty her job to hold up my ankle and i had stressed because i'm like i can't it was hard enough getting on the bed in the first place you hang on to that. What does she do? She let my ankle go and bent my leg over this wedge to yeah. get a better angle on the x-ray. Yeah. I think she thought I was going to kill her. Oh, really? Yeah. Same. Pain. Oh, my God. Pain. By that time, the pain oh, kicks yelping, in. You know, you're yeah. like a prawn trying to shoot backwards, trying to get this <laughs> right leg fixed, right? And then same thing. I have a visual, yes. Same thing when I did the MRI. I was – because this had already happened, right? So I said, listen, this happened with my x-ray you will not drop my leg. You and me oh. are now a team. We're oppos. You have the bottom of my leg. I have the top. Let's get me on the bed. Anyway, what does he even, do? Even as a patient, there's still a pep talk, people. All right? <laughs> what does he do? He uh, he lets it go. Oh, my goodness. Yep, not as far because I was standing this one, not as bad as angle, but still enough for me oh. to look at him like, okay, now good, you're food. Um, so so anyway. we, we went through injury, then we went through torture. But t tell me, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of physical stuff to this, and you know, you and I and, and most people are actually pretty good with with physical pain. But the issue with guys like ourselves, and particularly you, mate, you know, you're a, a fitness expert, a fitness coach, a performance coach. You know, you've, you've competed at high levels of sport. The whole time in your mind, you're knowing what impact this is going to have on you. You're knowing that you know, one, you're not back on that show tomorrow. Through to two. This is going to affect your training regime. Like, talk, talk okay. me through that so the, the, the mental injury that's coming. The first one was um, there was some depression, absolutely yep. immediate depression around not being on the show anymore. Because also, um, have, being someone who's, you know, I've, I've fought hard before to find an identity. And then I've built an identity around that with my business and other things. And I've had them burnt to the ground with different business partners, with business failings, with, you know, trust into humans that end up being shitty humans, regardless of their capability. You've been burnt before. So you have to rebuild, you have to restart, you have to redo it again. And I'm someone that's happy to pick myself up and go again, but it all has its toll, right? So coming into this, this was a bit of a shining light of a you know, a bit of a future, a bit of an identity, something I could build around because if this was going off after season after season after season, this could be something 
really cool. It really floats my boat. Hence the reason I've said, yeah, I'll do it. So then to, to be in and then to be out, right? And not only out, Jenna is on this show too. Yep. And to be around her because we're both on the set. So I opted to stay on set. Yep. I opted to find a role within the team without the, the other guys that were permanently there on, on set and become the leader within the group if I could. Yep. With all due respect to everybody, I didn't put myself as like, I'm the, I'm the boss, but I was like, what can I do to better the team's performance on camera? How can I talk to them? For two reasons. One, it was helping my depression. Yep. Being, I had to find purpose immediately. I'm going to jump on this. You, in a flash of a moment, lost the purpose that was the mission, that was the show, that was everything else in your life, and straight away that purpose went to yourself. And when we're left with that purpose just being ourself, that's when the depression and everything else started to trickle back in. So you immediately sought to get that layer of resiliency back and you didn't have the mission. You made your mission the team, the team. men, others. Others. You try to put that extra layer of resilience up there. Yeah. You know, the purpose outside of self is actually what is needed because when purpose is just self, particularly in a state where you're not physically capable or mentally capable or at least injured, yep. that's where these things start bubbling to the surface. Absolutely. So that was life for the next um, three weeks. Yep. Three weeks of, of living in a hotel and being on set was to support first and foremost uh, Jenna because she was in my space. We were sharing the same hotel room and that was someone I was speaking to regularly and it was and then the team and as much as I could. And I was doing more hours if I could than the team because there was broken up in different time slots, male and female, and I, I wanted to be there for everybody. Absolutely. Right? So I, would, I got myself a, an electric scooter to assist myself getting around faster yes, so I could be more efficient. <laughs> but, I was being, but I was being very smart because I know if you, I didn't have anything to, to land on, I yes. had a shit leg. But that enabled me to go back and forth to, you know, on an offset and get what I needed to get done, which was, you know, pulling guys aside and, and doing whatever I could to be a part of the team and a part of the mix and keep myself a part of the show too because part of my identity was still there regardless of not being on it. I'm like, what about season two? I was going to say, this is identity. We've already touched on purpose and now it's identity. You know, your identity to everyone on that show, the reason why you were selected on that show, also your social media, everything else in between, at that point in time, your identity was that. And you were actually trying to use this to help really change or, or modify or, or increase your identity as well. And all of a sudden... Yeah. That's gone as well. And this is also within a hyper-competitive alpha-style um, culture within, you know, super high-performing athletes and individuals. And all of a sudden, where, where you're being measured on your physical performance yeah. in these tasks, and next thing, that entire part of your identity is taken away from you. So you're immediately looking to default back to your level of training, which is your expertise in being effective and efficient in, in teamwork and leadership and supporting others, which is great to see. That's that's what we talk about, you know, the, the military process, defaulting back to your level of training. It's great to know that you already have that. But we're going through a loss of purpose and then combined with a loss of identity and very great, very immediately putting that back outside yourself. But I'm really interested to see that when it then gets quiet, mate, and you don't have those extrinsic motivators and layers of resilience, you know, and you're there with, you know, like you said, Jenna on the show every day and then dealing with these people every day. How is that affecting well, you? I, I couldn't just um, let the, you know, just me supporting the team and living outside of myself. That wasn't everything I needed to be strong enough. The depression was still really like every single day I had to fight not being it because I'm still in the space. I'm still watching everybody else do what I could have been doing. And as the, the show itself was unfolding and new things were becoming, you know, as the directors were finding new cool ways to do stuff and all these really kick-ass ideas were coming to the forefront of their mind, 
I was like, that was every one of those cool ideas was a fucking kick in the nuts for me because it was like, we're going to do this and it's going to be the best show ever. You're not on it. That's yeah, my immediate gotcha. head. This is going to be amazing. You're not on it. Like this wasn't them saying it, but my mind's going, yes, this is great, but I'm not a part of it anymore. So just being a part of the team was enough. What I really had to do was zero in on season two. I cast out my mind as far as I could and I genuinely started living as if I was already starring on season two mm -hmm. and that this would only build my character story up on gotcha. driving through an injury. Do you think that is the best thing for you in hindsight? It was at the time because I, um, I guess I was in survival mode, you yep. know, at that point and my survival mechanisms did the most powerful techniques that I knew how to do um, and I think I've picked them all pretty well. Okay, good. Because, I mean, from the outside looking in, I got to see, you know, the definite, definite initial shock of the injury through to you immediately asking me everything I knew about this. Uh, through to you know even then uh, even a spark in your creativity looking for other things or how you could support with some of the things I had going on and whatnot and then throwing yourself into this so I see a lot of immediate external um, support external actions trying to put those buffers in place for you and I'm just so keen to you know you were incredible your ability to reinvent yourself and you know on this podcast on the voice of veteran podcast we are going to speak with a lot of people to help draw out some of these extremely relevant stories for veterans but also for all people who listen to this because we're talking about transitions in life transitions in life aren't always just transition from one career to the next transitions in life can be from a relationship they can be from a you know, uh, a um, injury, high impact injury like this. Uh, you know, any of those times where there is some form of a physical or mental change that invokes a mental react, a physical or mental change that invokes an emotional reaction. Mm. You know, and that's where we start to become destabilized, and we start talking about things like anxiety, depression, and actually, what is mental health, mental fitness? You know, oh, yeah. our mental fitness. These are the conversations I want to have with you. So while you were so fantastic at pivoting, re-engaging, researching, supporting, you know, putting up those layers of resilience to keep yourself well protected. You know, how did it go with you during your own quiet times away from that external affirmation? I really hated anything quiet time. So it wasn't all set wasn't always <laughs> stay busy going. Um, you weren't always there and there was days off, for example. And yeah, that part sucked. Like any day and I was trying to avoid it, as you can imagine, staying in a hotel room, it was as if being locked up in a hotel room during the day by yourself injured all that sort of stuff what i did keep away from from the immediate from you know from the get-go was the drugs associated with the injury i gotcha. stayed well aware of that just having awareness around what those particular painkillers and things can do to someone's mm -hmm. mindset and beyond so i stayed the f away from those yep gotcha I did myself a favor there um, which you knew from your own personal experience with injury beforehand. That was that. We're not sitting here condoning people not to listen to their doctor's prescriptions. <laughs> no, no, definitely it's not like also that. having no. complete awareness as opposed to complete trust. Yeah, yeah. and only having it when necessary. Like when they give you the strongest painkillers that they can, yep. you know, and they give you clear instructions on how to take it. A lot of the time those clear instructions are not to take them until the pain is unbearable. Yeah, you know, gotcha. Or before unbearable, but it's on its way there and you can tell. So not just eating them like Skittles because they're there. Yeah, I understand. Given, you know, but understood. Just, the after effects is what I had to be. Um, I just had to be super careful about knowing myself, having been through depression before on and off cycling around that this was a huge threat for me and I didn't need to amplify it or pull fuel on the fire with associated drugs that, you know, painkillers that have an effect of depression after it.
Very good. No, really, really key takeaway. It's so key that you have that experience from beforehand and it's just, I guess, you know, advice to other people potentially in that situation is to, again, you know, speak to others who've had some of that lived experience. And Tell you what was extremely hard. You talk about quiet time and that depression was leaving the set, leaving the show in total. Because yeah. we were in Sydney the entire time. Yeah. And then when I went back to Canberra and, you know, it was – good, not good, was the fact that other people at this stage, because everybody lost set and uh, everybody left set and we had a shared group chat on WhatsApp, is that everyone was going through depression at this state because that's what happens after you leave something so exciting and something so thrill-seeking and energetic is that everyone's on this uber low. Transitions within transitions. Right? Wow, look and at it, this. And it wasn't just me at this stage. These guys weren't going through injury, but just most post-set yeah. depression and I was going through post-set depression, injury depression. So I had like a super yeah. set going on. But L loss of community. Here we go. Loss yeah. of community as well. You know, that supporting culture that was around you. I'm sure while you were on the set and you trying to find your value through your love language acts of service, really supporting and fostering that culture would have been that force field around you protecting you as well. But exactly. So then, then losing that and you can't maintain culture through a WhatsApp. Well, can it you? works both ways because I, we learning this lesson that we're talking about now from leaving one environment, but you can also go the other way in putting yourself in an environment that is surrounding you with the things that you need to be more positive. Absolutely. Right? So if you if you know one way, it goes back the other. So it's just like, okay, if I throw myself in around these people, around this environment who are doing whatever, I can keep myself occupied and doing healthier habits and all these other things that the environment has included in it. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to choose your own adventure life, you're your own businessman, yep. you're living in your own home, you're this, that, the other. It was just like, now what? You know what I mean? Now what? Now that even that thought of me going on to the best version of season two, like you guys will have no idea what you're going to see turn up on season two. Like I'm going to be an animal after this thing going, that doesn't even sound that exciting as more as much anymore because I'm not in the environment. Yep. So what about, we, we talked a lot about again, this purpose season two and whatnot. Let's talk about the purpose. That was the recovery of Scotty Evident. Talk yep. to me about how you went and formulated that plan, how you derive value from that plan and where you drew inspiration for those actions as well. Awesome. So I drew I drew knowledge from past experience through injury and knowing that um, I've halved healing times before due to and this is this you've got to be intelligent around this is treating it as if it wasn't injured. So my mentality is it's it's not injured, I'm good to go. Obviously I'm not using it. Okay. I'm not using this particular limb, but I'm going to the gym. In the same time, same habit, same everything, I'm training around it. Ah, as in routine, like you're routine. not injured. Not as in the limb isn't injured. No, yeah. no, as in everything else. In you're my, not injured, you just my, have an injury. Including my um, internal script. So my dialogue does not change to, you know, victim mentality towards yes. this leg. I don't let this leg affect the rest of my body and Understood. my brain. Yep. I am completely fine. Not only am I fine, if they were asking me how I was in the lobby, for example, I'm like, I'm fucking unstoppable. How are you? <laughs> yes. Truth be told, every time we try to help Scott carry a bag or do anything, it's like, what, you want to piggyback? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, but I mean, there's a key point to note there. I mean, mate, you have a, a very unique um, personality whereby your positivity, one, is infectious, but two, is incredibly resilient. And there are a lot of people who would be sitting here and it's not, that's not achievable to them. That's absolutely aspirational to them. But I think the key takeaway for me there is, is it's that mentality piece whereby you have an injury, but you are not injured. Correct. And this is, again, delineating physical, mental, and emotional health and fitness. You have a physical injury. 
And where we see people fall off the wagon is when you start linking emotion directly to that, which you can't help, be that pain or be that, you know, loss of purpose, identity, you know, plans that you had scheduled. And that's where it starts to, that, that, that emotional injury starts to link in and affect your mental health. And what you've done is able to apply through experience, you know, and your own fantastic developed um, yep. resilience as yep. well as a proactive resilience is your ability to then mitigate that and keep that at the physical level and just be aware of your mental and emotional state. The awareness around that becomes t- to your emotions, right? Um, yeah. I want my emotions attached to the future vision of myself. I don't want my emotions attached to the current or history, right, my history. So if my history is injured, if my history says all these how I did the injury, what I've lost, you know, all this sort of stuff. I don't want my emotions attached to the, those thoughts of, of that. I want my emotions attached to what I'm, what's yet to come, like what's next for me, the exciting future that I'm going to have post-injury, the mental development I'm going to have by, you know, changing up my routine to, you know, structurally go around this broken limb or whatever it is. Like it's – they're all positive thoughts. They're all positive emotions mm. rather than negative thoughts and negative emotions. So the sooner you can switch on to the purpose, new and exciting purpose, purpose. future, yeah. yeah, and you've got to line those things up in front of you in order to see that. Some people really struggle. I get that with visualisation and, and casting out to be able to see that, but that's something I've never struggled with. So that – aggressive positivity that you talk about me having is because assertive assertive positivity <laughs> it's <Yeah>. fucking aggressive <laughs> is because i do see it clearly i have a good you know um imagination and i can totally see and not only see but feel what my future is going to be so it's, i can quickly offset and override any negativity gotcha no that's it i mean that's uh, even my headspace in the in the military space um is my ability to, to plan and contingency plan, continuously thinking forward, going through and visualising and going through activities or possible and plausible actions, planning for the worst, hoping for the best. And that's what makes us so ready and prepared. But the gap that I'm missing here, Scotty, is, you know, you, we don't like to look back. We like to look a lot forward. Um, what about here and now? How does it go here and now? What, what about those times when the plan that you had planned didn't happen or when you can't put in those those mental targets for the tomorrow and the next day. The, the, I love the daily renewable contract, you know, yep. but this day moving forward. But what about this day? And, you know, when those when those walls close in, when some of those emotions get that flood to you, you know, wh- what did you do and what do you do? First thing I would do is I think for me music. Oh, For me music good. is huge. So, like, it, it can start from bed. Right. Okay. Regardless, I don't like to turn over, grab my phone, and get onto social media. I've done that. Oh, before. here we go. Done that. We got before. some. We got some routine coming done, into done place. Take notice, ladies and gentlemen. Good. I, I okay. think. I think no matter what, who you're speaking to, at what level, or what severity of injury, or whatever you're talking about, in the end, we're all human. Absolutely. Right. And that human. It's easy to forget that, isn't walks, it? Walks, talks, eats, shits, does everything the same. So Successes if and failures. Right. Exactly. So if I need to improve my mental health, I still need to go through a, you know, system check. Mm. Right. And I think leaning over from bed, because if you're going to start a day, if you're going to get technical, I start my day the night before. So but Left or right side of the bed? As you, I'm on the, if you're looking at it, I'm the right. This one makes an L. The right? Got yeah. it. Yeah. No, but I'm like, <laughs> but if you're laying in it, it's my left. I'm just, I'm just visualizing. Well, I'm not visualizing. Oh, here we go. Sorry. But leaning, no. So you're leaning over, you're leaning yeah. over to the bed. Don't grab yeah. your phone. What are we doing? Well, I do, but I've just, what I was saying is that when I grab my phone, most people go, oh yeah, I've been shown or taught not to grab my phone because of social media. I'm very good at just getting the music cranking. 
Okay, good. All right. Yep. Now, the music that I particularly play, a lot of it Jen doesn't like. <laughs> all right, lately, anyway, because, and it's, it's changed. That's a very good point. It's, it's changed because the particular vision that you can create for yourself in that future, believe it or not, has, has an entire set of environmental factors, right? So, like, if we just go, hey, the, the vision of a doctor, you know, someone might automatically think of how that particular role would live, what they drive, how they present themselves, what they wear. Yeah. Whatever, right? So when you have this picture of yourself and your future and, and that's just being created because of this new injury, it's a quite fresh thing. The music that I need to listen to to get me on track and moving forward is exactly that. So if I need to toughen the fuck up a bit. Theme songs. The music is going okay. to tell me to do that. That's my point is that if, if it's silent, you'll hear a lot of the negativity that you tell yourself. Gotcha. Right? Block the silence immediately with mm. a forward proactive move of positivity in the form of music. Good. Bang. So I'm, I'm off to the toilet, for example, if I'm not making the bed, whatever, we won't get into details or routine. I was going to say, let's, we don't even know about the toilet. It's good. I know. But you go into the bathroom, <laughs> what I'm saying is that oh, yeah. the, the, the music's playing. Gotcha. Yeah. Right? And then it's, you know, the music I've been playing lately is, it's actually been theme songs around um, special forces shows and bits and pieces that you you know if you see the clips on youtube and former inspirations in your life exactly love it okay you Good. know and reattachments to positive times in my life what i've trained for selection and i was training myself to be a machine and an unstoppable and unbreakable machine so yes. those particular tunes that i'd played in my past that had set me up for success in that moment Emotional I'm playing hooks. them, I'm playing yep. them good. again good so what, what we're basically doing is revisiting terrain that has already provided you with success there's nothing wrong with not reinventing the wheel and defaulting back to those great like it okay yep. yep yep and a lot of that so that's that's music um you know getting me going and then physical physical activity so again being injured it's important i can just i can do push-ups yep. right i can do sit-ups i can do things that don't involve my leg so for me doing a set of each of those before i turn in jump in the cold shower immediately get it and that so cold, finding the why not the why not sorry Finding what you can do, what you not what you can't do. I like that. Good to go. Yep. Um, and these are all just why why these little processes are important, including we missed or skipped mi uh, making the bed, but that's in there first before I even leave the bedroom, is because right. these are all wins, man. These are all like victories that I get to clock up. Yep. Absolutely. Victory, 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 victory. Tangible achievements. With minimal distractions. It's, it's, it's very important, even if you're living with someone, you have to minimize the distractions and minimize their input into your very important morning routine until you get into that place where you're like, you've got a bit of a shield up, you've got a bit of confidence, and no matter what they sort of bring to the table, you can still approach that from a, a positive light. I oh, think if you're being so interesting, yeah. I think if you're being steered into someone else's morning routine and platform or whatever, and you're not stable yourself, you're, you're in a, a point where you need to rebuild yourself and your confidence or whatever, it only goes downhill from there for me. It takes so much longer for me That's, to... I find that actually so interesting because as we've already discovered, like myself, you know, your, your love language is acts of service. So I am so readily influenced by anyone who I wake up with in the morning. I'm not saying there's a lot of... <laughs> But if someone that I'm around, like first thing in the morning, and as soon as I wake up, I'm, you know, thinking from, hey, not to wake up the other person through to, you know, is does someone need me on my phone? But you're, you're actually saying in sort of a, a contradiction of that, or not even a contradiction of that, it's actually a very interesting capability that you've been able to identify during these times that that is what is important to you. Or is that still the regular constant? You have now built within this discipline yourself that your morning routine is you and that's what you need so you can be best for everyone else. And not just morning routine, I think... 
you build yourself. You need to focus on yourself and build yourself. The supporting assets assist in that they help you go in the direction that you've chosen. This is my point. If you've chosen the direction and you've chosen who you are and who you want to be, the very best version of yourself, whether it's not there already, this person has to help you, like support you, get in that direction, not pull you in another. Got you. So I think there's a key delineation there where I often fall down is I actually put too much of my purpose in that other person or in that team, whereas it's actually maintaining what the higher purpose is, the mission. And then when you know why you're doing what you're doing, the how in between, in particular, how you're working with and engaging with the people around you is always back to that authentic purpose and has helped to be aligned with that. And where you can actually vary is when you try and put it too much into those individuals. So that's, that's really, that's a really key point. I know I'm actually just saying this because you're actually just really cementing it in my own head. And every now and then when I feel like I'm feeling um, neglected or I'm feeling like I'm not getting out of as much people as I feel like I'm putting into them, the question is like, well, why are you over-investing? Is this in the line with your purpose? And if it is, then those conversations to help people align with you should be free-flowing. And if they're not, then you're probably the one that's in the wrong. Correct. Well, correct. You would have done this, right? You've over-invested into someone before, right? Maybe even a couple of times or like a couple of different people. Mm-hmm. And you get to a point where you have to rebuild yourself. You've lost your identity. It's now shared identity. You've lost, you know, parts of your purpose. It's yeah. a shared purpose, yep. right? And the best version of you to help to turn up in that environment needs to needs to be built by you. Absolutely. Heston built by Heston, doing Heston's turning up to support is the best Heston I need. Yeah, absolutely. It almost so, feels it almost yeah. feels selfish. But even again, in the way that you've explained it, you know, the, 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 the more you're investing in yourself as the core to the capability block, that foundation, is actually the more you're going to enable not only that process, but all you encounter along the way. So even yeah, coming out of relationships, I've sort of thought about how I just need to be selfish with myself, but it's actually not. It's just actually catching up on personal investment. And the key thing that you're helping those listening to take away is that that actually has to be a part of your daily routine. We, we focus so much on routine about you know, getting up, doing this, working out, or, you know, you can go through all these elements to, to make up a, a healthy body, healthy mind, healthy heart. But the whole thing is, you know, why you're doing all those things and then realizing what you need in order to achieve that. Yeah. Well, I know better than anyone else, mate, that because, because it's who I am. I love to help others. I love to support others and I will continue to <laughs> overreach in a way that like, I just give too much sometimes. And that's okay. If the version of me is strong enough to take it. That's how you feel value. You know, you're actually pouring value into yourself. So yeah, yeah, I get it. But like I said, I've made the mistake sometimes of giving that to someone or, or starting the process of giving that to someone and not being personally in the best position I can mentally, stably, whatever. And you end up letting the person down. Yeah. Understood. Do you know what I mean? And your own expectations. You have to then. Yeah. So it took multiple times of this throughout my life to figure out that, Hey, Scotty needs to build Scotty. He needs to have a clear vision of who he is and what he's capable of and be confident in that person. And then that guy can go and deliver some value to someone else. Got it. Understood. So I want to touch on one final love language in this conversation. That's sort of words of affirmation. And, you know, we've spoken a lot about our significant other and partners, but you have a pretty public profile, mate. And particularly this with this loss of identity, loss of purpose uh, and the way in which that is readily transmitted and consumed by those on social media and whatnot. That's sort of another another factor. That's another part of your personality where, you know, not only living in it in the moment, there's also this digital Scotty Evident that is going through mm. this loss of purpose, loss of identity, and then 
that communication and engagement um, with with those on that platform? Like, how how did that support Dude, I, I support find, or detract? I find this extremely difficult um, because good business. If you're talking business models and marketing, you need to stay consistent. Right, you need to stay consistent. So, if you're personally mm. changing your identity, even slightly, that being reflected on your social media platform, if it's got changes and your audience aren't ready or don't give a fuck about those changes, you can't post it. Or you can, but this is saying there's, there's business and then what you want to do. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So, good business the strategy. Says, hey, yeah. stick okay. to fitness, Scotty. I'm following the fitness Scott Evanet mm. and the mindset military Scott Evanet. Fuck off with your fashion, mate. I don't want to see your fashion blogs and bits and pieces because I'm following you for your fitness. Yet fashion is a huge part of my life and it's identity that people are yet to see the true um, hunger that I have in the fashion world, right? But I haven't. if I started doing that with my current audience on social media, it wouldn't be much appreciated or might not be seen as, um, as a good thing. Like I wouldn't get much engagement, right? Yep. Yet it could be the very most important thing that I'm working on and the fitness thing could be well and truly on a backseat, whether it's being injured or being not. So how does that reflect on my social media? You've got to recreate a whole new So thing. this, I, I'm going to challenge you. I reckon up until 2020, that's definitely where we're at as a society with the superficiality, this expected messaging, this bite-sized comprehension that we needed consistency in our marketing. And that is marketing one I want to stick to that. But we're, we're now sort of approaching that period in 2020 where, you know, there's, there's less movie stars, there's less um, – reality or lack thereof um, TV shows and things like this uh, focusing on superficialities and I really feel a lot of people are starting to appreciate the value of authenticity and genuine people and you know I have reinvented myself a few times on social media as well and it's actually I think we become a bit overprotective of people in general and particularly when we start talking about audiences and we actually niche ourselves too much whereas people want to see the true and authentic you and truth be told those who can keep up will keep up are the people that you want to keep up. Absolutely. There's yeah. a few there's a few things here. I love that you've said this because, right, what I want my profile to be is an absolute reflection of that authenticity and the things that I truly love to do and who I am and my messages that I believe will help people because that's me as a giver and I love to serve. And that's what my page will reflect. And if you want to, if you want to view that, you'll view that. And that's all I care about. Yeah, because you can imagine, you know, we're, we're dealing with also Australian society, tall poppy cutting syndrome where it's okay. out there with an vengeance. And, you know, there'd be people watching your social media and be like, ha-ha, I knew I was going to catch up to him one day. He's pushed himself too hard through, you know, let's see how he falls off and, you know, turns into a fat blob and all this through to people are like, oh, wow, you know, this guy that I really look up to is, is injured. Like, you know, what's he going to do? How's he going to rebuild from here? And, um, you know, there's also your ability to utilize that digital presence to help hold yourself accountable. So I'm very yeah. keen to go through that mentality and mindset with you. Absolutely. Um, and I've actually failed in that before in saying that, hey, guys, you know, you know, stay tuned during this section here because in this mind that I've currently told you to stay tuned in, this is my plan and only have that readily change and then go, oh, shit. You didn't have to stay tuned. I wish I didn't say stay tuned because I've, I've changed my tune. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. So but that's that's potentially because you're you're again trying to project yourself forward as opposed to being there in that moment. Um, for sure. So what you'll see now, if you were right on my social media today and over the last like three weeks, four weeks or more, is like a steady decline of posting. What I actually have been doing in the background, I've been very busy creating it to be, to begin in January one all the way through to. You know, so my 2021 year has been planned yep. of the 
very best and newest version of myself and all my passions and authenticity. Yep. I really have grown into my own skin um, over the last whatever through trial and error and through fucking on the battlefield out here. Yep. And now I'm so comfortable with where I'm going and I'm so passionate about where I'm going that it's going to reflect that as of 2021 because I've, I'm just getting three months ahead social mm. media wise. Good on you, mate. Good on you. Yeah. And what about engagement with your audience? How have you found people react? Have you heard the tall poppy cutters come out? Have you had people coming out and support? What's that been like? In my career? No. We want to talk. We want to talk lately. Um, it's also key to like help people understand some of the demographic and culture and what they're seeing coming through. What I've had is a small part of um, I, mostly my audience um, supports me in doing whatever. So they, they reach out to see how I'm going, even like inboxing, right? Not commenting, but just Scotty, how are you going? How's the injury? What's the updates, mate? Are you back on, you know, your training yet or da da da? Yep. If they haven't been watching it, that's been primarily it. Yeah, not a whole lot, not a whole lot of change really. Because what happens is, is when you stop posting frequently, you get less and less engagement. So you get uh. less and less messages coming through. The key topics of late have actually been around voice of a veteran. Gotcha. Yep. Right, and the topics within that, not so much my physical ability or injury or whatever. The people who care, and funny enough, you know who cares because they're the ones that are talking to you still. Very true. How's uh, how's that going? Actually, taking up your time. You haven't been overwhelmed with. I have in the past. Yeah, definitely have in the past, and I think you're getting. Um, well, that's what I was going to say. Man. I, you know, a dose of that now, for, love all of them to to pieces, and you know, it's what sometimes gets me out of bed personally in yep. the day. But yep. it's also a huge responsibility because if people take the time to write to you, you want to write back to them, and it's, oh, yep. it's some some pressure you can put on yourself. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You find creative ways. Funny enough, the fastest way, and I see you actually doing it with your text messages, is recording into the phone so you can get it oh. done quicker and efficiently, which I love. Because for me. I've never done that with my text messages as such, but I used to do it all the time with my social media. And you can, you know, if you could ask my audience um, that I used to do that in video form and in voice form as replies because you're getting so many. But best part about that is, is, is you can't beat authenticity when it's your voice or when it's your face and someone wants to know a question and they didn't expect like this person to come back with a real voice message for you saying, hey man, yeah, I'll, I'll let you Look know about that. that. So 2020 has been a year of, evolution as far as a human species and our personal psyche and back to some of our cultural values and personal values and innovation that's a little bit of innovation here and there but, but what, where to from here mate how much longer have you got in your recovery talk us through what's going on i am um seven weeks post operation now um there was a lot it was all if you read up one on, on patella um surgery that it's like 12 weeks around you know proper weight bearing and this that and the other like like it's fair substantial so i'm seven weeks and i'm back you just to lost you, you did have the fantastic bulletproof bloody brace on it and now you that was gold. you're bending and yeah that was really good so i had to get 90 degrees with within the six week mark i, I got that um my surgeon's fantastic and he's told me to have an aggressive recovery. Get me on. I'm on the bike now. I'm just spinning, just cycling over my leg. It's just got enough bend in it. For people who don't understand with the patella, you can imagine, you know, it's over the, the front of your knee, like Scotty said, from the quad all the way down to the shin. And, you know, when you, you rupture that, they've got to attach it back together and there's a natural shorting there. And then their leg has to be kept straight for a long time in order for it to heal. And when you don't use something, particularly like a tendon, you know, things mm. tighten up and the muscles... Mm atrophy around it as well so half the half the battle has been actually bending the yep. leg again and it 
Yeah, for it those, hurts for those, people. For those out there who who have gone through, going through, or, or forever find themselves, you know, find themselves in a position where they've got an injury, they've had surgery, it's now shorter, and you have to get mobility back in it. For example, I've just intertwined it with my life, and that's why I got that you know bionic looking leg cast is because I, cool. I could control the degrees in which. I could bend my leg. Mm -hmm. So every time I was sitting down on the computer, which I would do a lot of, um, I would have my leg gradually each time I'd sit further on the seat, sit further on the seat, sit further on the seat, and my yeah. leg would bend, bend, bend. Um, walking up the stairs, you know, to any, any little practice that I could do, I would, um, and that way I didn't have to put dedicated time, which I, I, I struggle like most, if you ask them, hey, do you stretch? Do you keep yourself mobile or do you just hit the gym? Most people hit the gym and they fuck off the stretching part. Yep. Because putting aside an extra Same. 15, 15 <laughs> minutes plus to get your mobility happening, those who are doing it right have probably hit a major injury before. Gotcha. Right? Yeah, because absolutely. you injure yourself and then you go, ah, oh, it's so important. Why did I pay that off? And then you realize. So well, there's a couple of really key takeaways that I want people to take from here. You know, we and you and I, unfortunately, are able to speak to a lot of, and you're in so much more depth. And it's really impressive listening, hearing how one prepared you are for the current and even future injury, and two, the mechanisms that we can take away for those listening. But particularly for those who are listening to this who haven't gone through an injury themselves or a friend of them hasn't gone through an injury themselves like as a part of the proactive support to each other and proactive mental health you mm. know we can sustain a lot of physical damage um, but it's actually the, the mental health and emotional health decline that impacts us from these things and from like you said operating like you're not injured you just have an injury and making sure you have that detachment of that emotion from that physical and mental as aspects there in but even if you are someone who has a friend who's gone through an injury or you are yourself and appreciate that you don't have that personal motivation, you want to sit there on the couch and, and recover in your own way, just appreciate that you know that's what the actual person is probably going through in the head. And what the best thing you can do is actually reach out and support them mm. uh, and not, not in a forceful way, particularly when we're injured, we're extremely defensive. But there's so many things that I want people to take away from this conversation with Scott that they can apply to themselves but in the essence of this, potentially apply to someone else in their life, not here and now, but in the future, should these circumstances come about. That's what we do. We're fantastic at contingency planning. And even though you might be listening to this particular episode of our podcast and be like, I've never had an injury, I never plan to have that. This is where we are starting to build and we're going to build with our community some layers of that resilience whereby some of these key takeaways, if they're not there for you, Take them on board potentially for the team or the mission that you might have coming up and that you might be able to apply to that because the more you have this in your head when it comes to fruition or it comes to event, you'll be more prepared than you were if you weren't. This is something I, I find hard to fathom when supporting people. Tell me, when you find something truly life-changing, something that has the potential to be life-changing to do with your health or whatever, who's the first people that you share it with? Family. Family, absolutely. Right? You send it to your sister, you send it to your mum, you send it to your dad. You do everything in your power to send the right information to the right people to better their life, right? Yep, that yep. is the reflection of my freaking social media because anything that I've found in my life to be helpful, I want to tell the world about. I care about everybody. I want everybody to have the best health possible. And I, I find it hard sometimes when people find this information and then just keep it to themselves. Yeah, just like, dude, like how many things do you get yeah. off me where I'm sharing shit? I'm like, oh, I see it, I read it, I, I hear it, I'm like, share, 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 share. I share crazy. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the whole thing as well. You know, this is where you and I probably fall down is like sharing for a purpose or doing things like that for a purpose with expectation back. 
that's a, a part I really had to think about and learn is, you know, releasing people of expectations because those expectations are actually what you're only putting on yourself. Because mm. if someone doesn't follow through on them, you're still left carrying the same expectations. Anyway, Scotty, look, there has been a lot in this session mm. and I really want people to listen back through this and, and have some key takeaways. Is there anything else you really want to pass on as your, your final little golden nugget? I think just around um, belief systems, right? So just some people just don't believe in themselves so it doesn't matter what challenge you're faced with. It's just that belief system. And I think you can empower your belief system by just doing a bit of research and reach out. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people don't self-help from the very first thing. It's like you often hear us in the special forces community talk about like working the issue, working the problem. Like what is it? Work it out. Like by identifying it and asking yourself, okay, I'm going to work this problem out. Already you're positive. You've taken a negative to a positive. It's just like a switch. So ladies and gentlemen, what you're seeing is a, a very extremely condensed period of, you know, basically what is the result of, you know, the life that has been Scotty Evanett and so many other people, particularly in Special Forces world, with a level of training that selects people with the right character attributes and then is able to bolt on the additional requirements and continue to develop things like emotional intelligence, physical, mental and emotional resilience. Uh, but sort of key takeaways, particularly in this day and age, is that, and as per every Special Forces mission, we never launched out on a, on a mission without days and days of research, planning and intelligence. You know, intelligence preparation of the battle space, and particularly in the 21st century where we are here and now, the ability to jump on and Google anything. But first and foremost, you can't just always rely on everything you read on uh, the Google. It's actually also then reaching out to and utilising things like social media as a resource and not being afraid to ask for help posting something on the saying, hey, I've just had this injury, you know, any information here, please. While that might be difficult, you know, we need to start breaking down some of the stigma of these things because imagine you sitting there Googling it yourself trying to research this while also concurrently putting it out there, acknowledging that you don't have all the information requirements, being vulnerable, not being weak, and all of a sudden there might be one, two, or a thousand people actively researching that for you. And then if that's yep. the one thing even in the last few weeks while well, we've been sitting here trying to take on changes at the top level of government, actually stepping back, appreciating we need help, asking people to help, you know, tens of thousands of people's writing to their senators and to their uh, elected politicians. The same thing works, activating and supporting each other through a common and authentic purpose, such as yeah. helping someone recover from an injury or whatever it is. Let's really think about how we can work to and support each other and be willing to do so and be smart about being better. Absolutely. And just a reminder that there are guys, many, many, many other guys and girls out there like us who genuinely love helping people, right? But I don't know you need help until you ask for help. And that's, I have to look in the mirror when I say that because I'm not one to ask for help the most. Yet, if I would to ask for help, there are a lot of people out there who care about me. Absolutely. Who would have done what you just said and yep. actively helped me, sourced information to help me. And I was surrounded by it when I did my injury. And it's the same here. So That's ask it. for help and then be one of those people when if you're asked for help, you fucking do it. Absolutely. Proactive and reactive. Asking for help, be willing to ask for help. But at the same time, taking some of those key getaways and making sure for those people you actually care about or you think you want to care about you, keeping enough awareness in their life. So when you hear about any of these transitions, and that's what we're talking about, transitions in, in physical performance, mental performance, emotional performance, be ready to provide proactive support and assistance. Cool. All righty. Thank you very much. Scotty, for, that was great. Questions. So many gold nuggets. Stay tuned next time. I don't know what's coming, but I'm sure it's going to be good. I'm probably going to flip the script and get him. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Voice of a Veteran podcast. We really hope that there were some key takeaways that might help you, be they relatable, be they aspirational. 
but we're not just here for your entertainment. So please make sure you remember, move on and action from here. And that's it, guys. If you've heard something here today that has truly helped you, it's our duty to share that information with as many as we can. Support is about being proactive, and that's taking action to better our own lives as well as the lives of as many mates as we can. We love your support getting these messages out, so please subscribe. Go to our YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Voice of a Veteran. Catch you next time. See ya.